What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This episode is sponsored by the Bitbox O2. Yes, if you are buying Bitcoin and you are not taking self-custody, you are making a grave error. That is what all of this is about, is taking custody and establishing sovereignty over your money. And hardware wallets are an effective and easy way to do that. And I've been really impressed by the Bitbox O2. Uh, there's a lot of great features. It's really accessible for people that are just getting started. So if you've just bought Bitcoin and you want to figure out how to take self-custody with an easy-to-use device and app, it's great for that. It also has a lot of features that uh, accommodate the more experienced users, like connecting to your own full node, like the ability to integrate with multi-sig schemes, like Tor support, and many others. It's fully open source. It's a great product. I've been really enjoying using it. If you'd like to check it out and learn more, go to shiftcrypto.ch forward slash rapid fire for 5% off. This show is also sponsored by the Bitcoin 2021 conference. I am super pumped about this event. I think it's going to be amazing. I think they're expecting, you know, close to 10,000 people at this thing. There's a ton of amazing speakers lined up. Jack, Sailor, Cynthia, Cynthia Lummis, Nick Zabo. Um, but I'm even more excited for going and meeting and hanging out with all the amazing plebs that I've uh, interacted with exclusively online over the past year. Um, there's a ton of great satellites event or, uh, satellite events around it. I think it's going to be a blast, and uh, there's still time to get a ticket to this thing. So if you're interested in learning more, go to b.tc forward slash conference for more details and for tickets. And if you decide to pick one up, use the promo code VALIS, V-A-L-L-I-S, for 15% off. On to the show. Let's do it. Woo, I can hear now. There What's he up, is. gentlemen? How's it going, buddy? Hey. What's up? Where the fuck have you been? Dude, just been chilling. Yeah? Taking a little <laughs> break from it all? Yeah, just like I... I'm taking a little Twitter break at the moment just because uh, I was finding Twitter to be exceptionally annoying lately. <laughs> this always happens like near the crest of bull markets, so like people I know. just get no, super I know. fucking annoying. There's Listen, like 12 I'm, people trying to shill bullshit. I'm not a bull market guy. I'm a bear market guy. I hate bull markets. You know what I mean? Hold fucking on, hate on. Before, before we catch up, I'm just going to put this on live and we can do, <laughs> just do this catch up. Uh, you know do it the real the real thing for sure for sure <clears throat> alt season right. where every retard makes money off their dumb shit it's, oh my god <laughs> you it's see so today? fucking annoying yep yeah the safe moon shit yeah Ugh. what is it so dave portnoy has anointed himself the king of safe moon <laughs> oh my god he lined up a bunch of shit coins and he wants to be like the he wants to have his own shit coin basically like elon has doge and so he lined a bunch up and chose one and the lucky shit coin was safe moon yeah you, but how do you, shit coins you guys realize like the thing to do yeah you know? like this, this is how we get hyperinflation it's like every fucking retard shills some piece of shit coin that's fundamentally better than fiat so like it it does better yep. And then people are like, oh, this guy must be a genius because he bought Doge at $4 and I'm sitting here sucking guys off for $12 for a Doge coin. So. 
Yeah, I mean, I got, I got a, Doge, so hit me up. This was a realization I had like during this bull cycle because you know, all right, here's the thing. Uh, I called my shot, Babe Ruth style. I think we all did uh, during the bear market. We were right. Congratulations, boys. Like, give yourself a hand. We were right about fucking everything, except we were all, you know, willfully ignorant to the fact that there was going People to be, were gonna be dumb again because we, yeah. we didn't want it to happen. We really didn't want it to happen. So we turned a blind eye to it. We said, maybe this time, maybe this time it'll be hyper rational and all of it'll flow into big. Nope. Nope. I think- so here's the, here's the thing is like, Shit coins are fundamentally, like Eric just said, more sound than the U.S. dollar. That's so they're going to be here till the very end, till the bitter end. I think it's going to get worse, actually, because they're gambling devices. And the more inflation we have, the more propensity people have to gamble, frankly. So, I mean, I share this with a lot of trepidation, but my thought was if we have another blow off top and another market collapse, if in 18 months, some of these shit coins are still floating around, I may actually go out and buy them just on the pretext that other idiots are going to come back in and we'll have another more extreme alt season in the next cycle when we're suffering Ugh. from even more inflation. I don't think I, I, will. Just, I don't think you do that. I mean, you're too good. It almost irrationality becomes rational. Almost I know, you're, but you're, you're it's, a mo- it's a moral yeah. question too. And I don't think, I feel like you would talk yourself yeah. out of that one. It's a conundrum, but you know, it's a strong incentive. <laughs> no, the bull market. Listen, the bull market brings up these feelings where suddenly you're being tested. There are like Faustian bargains abound, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to think to yourself, am I willing to just do this thing here that I feel is pretty shitty, but I need several million dollars, which converts to tens of Bitcoins on the back end of this trade. Am I willing to do that? And, you know, so luckily I have come up being like, Yes, thus far, I'm 100% Bitcoin still and always have been and probably always will be. But I won't lie and say the temptation's not there. It's fucking definitely there. And yeah. as your profile gets raised in the space, you know, it's it's even more Faustian because people invite you in on these things. And they yeah. go, hey, you could get in on the pre-round of this or whatever. And you're like, fuck, no, I'm not going to do it. I guess it's a great point because my thought was I would buy but never promote. But then you're sort of poisoning yourself with misincentives, right? Yeah. You've you kind of you've encroached one step closer to shit coinery. So you don't want to corrupt yourself. Well, that's it's really it hard is. not to fall that's for like is. like marketing narratives, too. You know what I mean? You start yeah. believing in the thing that you own. And yeah. so, you know, you get caught up in the hype and you go, what if Safe Moon really is the next reserve <laughs> currency? <laughs> uh, like that. To me, like, this is the challenge that we all have to go through, though. Is that like, so we, hey, like, check out this shiny thing. It's faster than Bitcoin and it does all this great stuff and buy it because the founder is incredible. You know, I'm like, the, there was one Satoshi Nakamoto. There was one dude who made digital currencies work. He's still anonymous. He's the richest person in the world. He has the most sovereign wealth. Nobody can figure out who he is. I mean, that's why I'm here. I'm not, I'm not here to get yeah. fucking rich. I'm here to get the fuck out of the system and I'm out. I'm like, thank fucking God. And like, I'm not, I'm not interested in making a shitload of money. Fuck that. I'm not some corrupt piece of shit like most of these fucking assholes. People love to celebrate these fuckers when all they want to do is get more money, more money, more money. That's all they fucking care about. They don't give a shit about the environment. They don't give a shit about their friends. They don't give a shit about their brothers or sisters. They just want more fucking money. 
And I'm fucking sick of it. It's disgusting. Yeah, I agree, you know, Eric. People and want sound money, not Bitcoin. Yeah, and you you raise a good point. Like these markets, these such horrendously inconstituted markets and incentives that you know we operate in, they skew like the signal, what the price signal is supposed to be, right? It actually, if you have incorruptible money, then the market is going to signal to you like the greater the price signal, that is a signal toward the good at least the, like the collected, collective emergent good. But with all this corruption in the market, the price signal leads you astray, basically. And uh, so it's like, it is a moral choice to, to not align and not feed into the signal that's leading people astray. You know, so not not only just morals, John, but like, I feel like the way you said it was perfectly, like it leads you, astray. it's a siren song. And, yeah, exactly. you know, if you follow the siren song, you crash into the fucking rock. So oftentimes you end up burning yourself if you're going to engage in these behaviors. You know what I mean? It yeah, made me totally rethink my thought, actually, because <laughs> it's like what Peterson says. If you tell a lie, which I guess if you buy a shit coin, you're acting out a lie. You're enacting a lie mm -hmm. that it corrupts you like you can't trust yourself as much. Exactly. The next time you need to make an important decision. So and this is the whole right. thing about you know, our time, no right? Coin. Like because of that corruption in the money, you can get social sanction for a lot of shit. You can trade shit coins, become mm -hmm. a billionaire, and you have social sanction for that. And you're not going to get any trouble socially for that. But like you just said, will you trust yourself, you know, in the depths of the deep, right? In the darkest hours, if you mm -hmm. make those choices. Right. And so, you know, right. choosing to only do Bitcoin because it is the incorruptible money on which everything will be constituted and predicated. I, like, obviously it is a moral question. And I, I feel, the, you know, I play those mind games on myself too like you know could probably make a handsy sum a, a, a handsome sum you know fucking around with that shit but i feel like it would pollute me and i like i'm i feel more properly constituted every day as a result of this philosophical bitcoin journey that we're on and i wouldn't i don't want to backtrack on that shit amen yeah. to that well i mean like the the thing that i think is so funny about alt season is that like this is like the procession that's like leading the parade of the trojan horse and it's like, oh, like this Bitcoin thing, it's like a piece of shit. Nobody cares. Like it can come. Like who <laughs> yeah. fucking cares, guys? We're like, yeah, they're like, There's don't a lot worry, of cover. guys. This like just integrates right into the system. Totally fine. Right on, guys. There's uh, a big benefit that it distracts the regulators so much. They're just so yeah. Oh, yeah. caught up with dealing with all the shit and scams that Bitcoin just marches on. Plus, I mean, it makes Bitcoin look fucking pristine compared to these things that are outright Ponzi schemes, outright scams, things that have no, uh, you, you know, no value whatsoever, no development, things that are pure vapor. So like, yeah, it does, you know, they do provide cover. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in some respects, I li like, that's okay. Uh, you know, for me though, it's just, I fucking cannot stand to see regular people get wrecked on these things. And I know yeah. that they're getting wrecked at the moment. They don't think they are, but four months from now, they're going to ride it to zero because they fell in love with the shit coins marketing. Yeah. And that is a cardinal sin in this space. Two cardinal sins, not being bullish enough on Bitcoin. That'll get you fucking burnt and falling in love with the shit coins marketing. Both of those things lead to destruction. And I'm seeing people do it left and right in both directions. And it's painful to watch, you know, and at the same time, like how few of us actually really understand the game. Maybe there's 
10,000 people worldwide that understand like the game of accumulation that's going on here. And so every time I see a speculative mania, like the GameStop thing, I bought Bitcoin, right? Or Dogecoin pumping, I bought Bitcoin. Every time people go left, I go right. I fucking zig and zag the entire market because I am accumulating long-term the hardest asset in the world and will continue to do so. But trying to convince other people that that's what they need to be doing, especially when they feel like they need to play catch up, uh, you know, because they've all realized Bitcoin is here to stay. I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I'm noticing people conflating uh, Bitcoin with cryptocurrencies. They're using Bitcoin as the brand name for cryptocurrencies, the same way they would say Kleenex when they mean tissue or Advil when they mean ibuprofen. I'm seeing that all over the place. People go, yeah, I'm into Bitcoin. I'm like, you are? And they're like, yeah, Cardano, SafeMoon, I got them all. (laughs) (laughs) That's not Bitcoin, man. I, I love that the term for it is crypto, which like in Latin means secret. And that like it literally encrypts like its own meaning to like the very people doing it. And it's just, it's fucking hilarious. You know, they're like, I, yeah, like crypto is what it's all about. I'm less than, look, like I don't want to see anyone get hurt either, but it is just Darwinism, right? Like I, you can't care about people yeah. making stupid decisions. The same with their diet, right? If you eat McDonald's every fucking day, I'm not going to shed a tear, you know, for your health because- you're totally in control of that and you make your own decisions. But it, you know, what we were saying at the beginning about like this being the same thing again, this is always going to be how it is, right? Like Bitcoin will keep doing its thing and it will take over things. There's always going to be a huge portion of the population that doesn't see it or that can't get it or that doesn't care enough, right? Like let's, let's just generally say like the healthiest diet is like a whole foods, paleo, carnivore type of diet, right? But there's still a shitload of people that eat the standard American diet. And the, 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 the information is mm-hmm. out there and the examples are out there. Like people are just dumb and like they're not going to even even strong financial incentives will take their way, take their time to like influence a certain cohort of people. And in, yeah. in the meantime, all this other nonsense is are going to be maybe more appealing narratives. Right. Because like it is the case that people can get turned off of, but from quote unquote, toxicity from Bitcoiners and the re- relatively, if you know, surface level boring narrative around Bitcoin. But you throw all this, you know, this fancy pants uh, shitcoin narrative stuff at them. And like for, for whatever reason, it tickles them in the right way. And they it just clicks with them better and they go for it. So, you know, Ethereum's got what, like a $400 billion market cap? Like, I don't think like that's going to be with us for probably a very long time, if not ever. Common thread um, between Bitcoin and carnivore diet, by the way, I figured it out. It's density. You got economic Mm. density in Bitcoin. You've got nutritional density in meat. So Bitcoin is the fucking stake of money. (laughs) And that's why why people love some direction and say it's it's like fiatism versus like the the whole foods thing you know like all the shit you get at mcdonald's or the store it's all it's all made up like you can't find any of this shit out in nature you know like it doesn't it's fiat. Yeah, food. you know and the same thing like actual real economic incentives are like what makes bitcoin work it's real just like the piece of meat that you eat off your venison you know mm. and, and this whole idea of fiatism it, it, it plays out extensively like people are like Ooh, Elon Musk, like he's so fucking great. Let's be clear, like this guy's a piece of shit father across the board. He like he abandoned most of his fucking kids and he's a billionaire now be- because of what? He's selling a bunch of renewable shit and doing a bunch of backdoor games and stuff. Sorry, like I I'm not a fan of like suck off the billionaire game. Like it, it pisses me off. Like people are like, 
oh, like, you know, Berkshire Hathaway, such a great company. No, the guy's the biggest fucking slumlord on the planet. And, you know, yeah. he made most of his money selling sugary food to kids. Like, fuck that asshole. And yeah. so, like, the, to me, this is fiatism, is where people have confounded the idea of making a shitload of money with actual long-term wealth. Well, with, with also Which, with, with, you know, with dude, they're, they're, they're these people are counterfeit heroes the same way fiat is counterfeit money. You know what I mean? We, we have yep. this idea because of, you know, historical context that people that accrued the most resources must have been the most disciplined or they must have had the best ideas or they must have had the most royal bloodlines, whatever we used to think. Right. And uh, now we have these new, you know, sort of pudgy uh you know weak people who have replaced uh that ideal they're they're counterfeit heroes on a free market that was true right like you rendered the most favors and most service to society ergo you were the richest but now it's how close have you positioned yourself to the fiat currency spigot that's the name of the game well that's exactly what i was saying earlier right like in a properly constituted market in an incorruptible money rich people like i know there's variables like inheriting wealth and that kind of stuff but generally speaking the people that are rewarded the most are the ones who followed the emergent good who solved the most problems who discovered the most truth Mm. for that market so they would be the type of people that you would probably look up to but this is it's entirely flipped on its head right The, the the wrong incentives is what everyone is following and so the people that you know you mentioned with with stake and bitcoin like i think another interesting you know reason for that is i think you could say success is about you know congruence with nature right and so i think what reason why bitcoin is Mm -hmm. successful is because it's bringing together certain forces of nature that are congruent with something that's in us and both something external to us and it allows us to communicate and interact economically in the way that it does and meat is obviously far more congruent with nature than the sludge that they you know pump out of the factories and put into all sorts of bullshit foods you know so um, but yeah, I mean, like, and, and this is the thing about uh, social sanction that I was saying before, like, look, you can sell like sugar water to kids. It's totally fine. Like no one's going to give you shit for it, but do you want to be involved in that business? Like I don't, you know, and this, this is lately, you know, because of, you know, Raul's comment on Twitter, like people are talking about principles a bit more often, which I think is great because that is mm. a, a, a theme that is going to have to be continually hashed in this space because it's inseparable from what Bitcoin represents. I think this is the only thing. This is the only thing that separates the new money to leave Bitcoiners from the old money to leave is principles. And if you lose your principles along the way, you're, you're a fucking fiat person, dude. You're a fiat person. How do shorting shit coins is that principled? <laughs> I, think, I, think way, it's a, huh? I think it's a moral obligation. It's a moral, moral obligation. obligation. All right. Well, I'm going to get rowdy in quarter four then. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be interesting because like, well, not only shorting shit coins, but like eventually we're going to have enough wealth accrued in Bitcoin that like shorting fiat is totally possible. Like I, I very much expect in the next three to five years for there to be the George Soros moment where some fuck gets enough money together and he goes, check it out. I can short a major currency using Bitcoin in the exact same way that Soros shorted the pound in 92. Yeah. And it's going to be incredible yeah. too. Cause essentially like that in my idea, like that's essentially when like the Commonwealth of Bitcoin establishes itself when they go, Oh yeah, we're a totally new class of people. We're global. We're self-sovereign. And if these fucking assholes want to come after us, we will crush their economy. That's and it's going to be deep- really cool. 
defensive tech establishes offensive capabilities, right? You can yeah. have speculative attack, which sort of that's already happening. I mean, Sailor's speculative attacking the dollar right now. And I, yeah. I think yeah. like, I'm like this is how inflation happens. Yeah. Like, yeah, the fiat world is is terrible and it's atrocious and conspiracies abound, right? Like, but I, I just, for me, it's not worth our time to be paying any attention to that world. It's dying, right? You yeah. know what I mean? We should just walk away, let it die. That was my, and, when, when uh, all you this, know, build the new future. When all this Elon stuff kicked off and, ev- you know, everyone's going mental over it. Like, I'm not on Twitter much these days either, but uh, all I could think was like, all I care about is Bitcoin and people who understand what's going on with Bitcoin, you know, and like devoting yep. that much time to all these, you know, all these other people who don't get it just doesn't seem like a great use of time. I think it talks, you talk in terms of, you know, uh, selfishness and, uh, you know, personal fortune and greed. I think, you know, there's a strong argument to be made for maintaining your principles leads to greater wealth further down the line because, you know, mm-hmm. Bitcoin is the new capital. Bitcoin is the new money. And, you know, there is a Bitcoin mafia that's starting to form. John just said it. Like, I only care about hanging out with other Bitcoiners. I feel the exact same fucking way. I I don't like talking to people who don't understand Bitcoin and know where we're heading. Like, I just surround myself with Bitcoiners all day long in my ears, fucking listening to podcasts, talking to people on Clubhouse, et cetera. There's a lot of productive uses that we're going to do with the cap. There's a lot of fucking work to be done, boys, like a lot. So mm-hmm. coming out of this whole disaster that we're about to live through or that we're already living through, like we're going to be the guys who set the world straight. And mm-hmm. so if you like and I think the most productive thing we can do is be true risk capital, take fucking risk, like fund ideas that might blow up on the goddamn launch pad. You know why? Because that is what it is to fucking like strike out and like fucking like, you know, like shake your fist at entropy. Be like, you will not take me down today. You know what I mean? Like to be an entrepreneur. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like true, true capitalism. And mm. you're going to want your spot in the Bitcoin mafia to be secure. You know what I mean? Like you're going to want to be invited in on the next projects, on the next deals. And, you know, the, the ones that work out uh, will shake the foundations of the world. Like they will be the Jetsons future that we always dreamed of. And we're going to be the guys building it. So like, let's fucking go, you know, mm. fuck shit. You know, what, you know, what's funny. My, my dad was, uh, I was talking with my dad the other day and he listens to a bunch of Bitcoin podcasts and uh, we were talking about the conference and he was jealous. He was like, man, it's going to be such a good time. Uh, but he said, you know, man, I, I noticed something recently. No, none of you guys like, money is not the primary driver for any of you guys when I listen to these podcasts. And I was kind of, you know, I was like, yeah, of course. But then he was like, well, that's not normal. You're talking about like an investment or a money or whatever. Uh, And he gets it by now, but it was just interesting to hear him pick up on the fact that like, this is when we talk about the toxicity or testing character, when people come in the space or holding people to principles and that kind of stuff, like that's, that's what's, and to your point, Hoddle, about this being a long-term thing and like the, the, the value that you accrue by being a principled actor is a long-term play for sure. But, you know, it, it's so valuable. It separates the wheat from the chaff. It, get, it, let, it lets you know who you're dealing with and who you want to deal with and who you want to invest in. And, and that's why I love the fact that it's so cutthroat. And like, yes, yeah, sometimes, you know, a, a yeah. face gets stomped that maybe shouldn't get stomped, but like, it's the nature of the beast, right? And uh, I just, I think it's amazing to be in such a, a group of people that are focused that way. Like they know what needs, like they know the change, they know what's required in terms of character to be a part of it and to participate in it. And if you're showing up with any other motivation or attitude, 
you get curved, you know? If you're, mm-hmm. if you're in the hornet's nest, guess what? Whether you're one of the hornets or not, you get stung. <laughs> you don't like that? Don't, don't enter the hornet's nest. Yeah. Funny, what, what you are saying earlier, Hoddle, about uh, like risking true capital, it reminds me of uh, Joseph Schumpner and, uh, you know, one of his primary texts called uh, Capitalism and Socialism. He talks about kind of some of the fundamental differences between how markets evolve. And he talks about like the most important thing in creating new industries and markets is that you're fundamentally trying to actually change how something's done. You're not trying to like strike at the margins of how a process is like you're trying to fundamentally change it in the same way that a car changed the horse and buggy industry. And through taking that kind of extraordinary risk, which I I believe is fundamentally separated from capitalism, I would call capitalism the idea of a guaranteed return on money, whereas entrepreneurship is the risk of capital in order to accrue more of that capital. Uh, And I think that this is a pretty important point because we're already seeing this development happening in the entire ecosystem. And I would actually say the very first application of it in Bitcoin was the darknet markets because that fundamentally shifted how drug markets were created and it struck at the very heart of how it was done. And I think since then, we've seen this constant evolution where because of the efficiencies that Bitcoin has, that it keeps pushing outward more and more and more. And I think it's going to be really awesome that, you know, not only are we on the ground floor, but we get to be part of this next generation of entrepreneurs who are going to fundamentally change how all this fiat bullshit has been going down for the last hundred years. Case in point. finally gets to be fair, you know? Yeah, exactly. Did you guys see Jack's uh, tweet thread to Elon? Of course you did. So good. Right? Fucking so good. Like that's exactly what we're talking about. That was exactly how I felt when I saw Elon tweeting. I was just like, yep, Jack said it all perfectly. If you haven't read Jack's thread on that, go read it. Yeah. Yeah, And that, I mean, like Jack is obviously a rock star, but this, this, that's what, how everyone feels. Like everyone read that and was like, yep, exactly. What we have, what we have now is rulers. And what we want is rules. Everybody wants the same rules to apply to everybody across the board. And we know for a fact that they don't, you know, they, they just straight up don't. Um, and, and I think when you have the same rule set for everybody, for all participants in a system, then you do have a fundamentally fair system and like basically a new form of capitalism that has, you know, a pure form of capitalism that has never, ever existed before. And it unlocks some really exciting things uh, going forward. And that's the shit that gets me like amped up. You know what I mean? I never heard that definition from Eric a second ago about capitalism being premised on the guaranteed returns of capital, whereas entrepreneurship is premised on risking that capital to create something progressive. But I mean, using that definition, that's what you could say central banking was doing. Essentially, it was establishing a guaranteed return by monopolizing the money. But in doing so, Precisely. quelching entrepreneurship permanently. So not permanently, but heavily impairing that you would say. And then that's what fucking Bitcoin is, man. It's just liberating entrepreneurship. Uh, that I've been using that term sovereignism because it's just not capitalism, communism, or just fuck terms. You just have to throw yeah. those out. Everything that we put under the, the lid of statism is just garbage now. The, word, the yeah. language doesn't work anymore. So we need something new. And this, the idea of a, a property right that just is imprescriptible destroys all notions we have of prescribing laws in the world. Like a law is a, uh, a prescriptive rule of general applicability. All of a sudden, none of that shit matters. It's like, do you have the money to do this or not? That's the only law of the land. 
And so the world well, we're going into, that's why it's so hard to fathom for people. It's just so radically yeah. new. It expiates all this bullshit of the past. Like it, it, it's not about creating a, a, a possibility of something new. Like it's fundamentally closing off that old world, mm-hmm. you know? And like, uh, uh, I've been like reading too much lately. And uh, one of the ones I, I recently read was, was Bartleby, the story of a Scrivener on Wall Street. But uh, it, it, it was wrote by uh, Herman Melville. And it's about like the, this Scrivener, who's like somebody who used to like copy law. And like one day he just like decides to fucking refuse doing anything. And like, it's pretty interesting because like the lawyer like trying to be kind and he's like an upstanding gentleman. He like tries to convince him all this shit and he can't do it. And eventually he's like, I, I have to leave my own office. I can't convince Bartleby to get the fuck out of here. And then Bartleby eventually gets arrested and he goes to prison and this nice lawyer still tries to help him. But like Bartleby just fucking refuses to deal with this guy and he eventually dies from it. But it's this really interesting story of just like his refusal to fucking even interact with it just like fundamentally changed everything. And I think this, to me, like, that's what's so important about Bitcoin is I can just say, no, you know what? No, yeah. I don't want to spend my Bitcoin. No, I don't want to sell. No, I don't want to pay. That's something yeah. kind of new. We haven't had that before. I, and we're, we're going to need thing, the ability right? to say like, no. <laughs> it, it gives you the ability to stick to your principles. It's like, hey, man, do you want to trade some shit coins and, and, and make a Lambo? No, I don't want to. You don't like Lambos? No, I don't like Lambos. I don't want a Lambo. You know what I mean? Maybe that's something you want. Maybe that's something you need. I don't fucking need that. Why do you need that? Because you watch television for 20 years. You know what I mean? It's so stupid, dude. Like all these ideas that have been planted in your head, root them out. Speak your truth. Like be the person you want to be in this life. That's what Bitcoin gives you. Fucking everything is on the other side of the fear you have. You know what I mean? Like just go for it. Just fucking go for it. Like, God, I can't believe people people are accumulating doge when they can be buying Bitcoin. (laughs) So crazy. People. People just live inside their terror. And like, that's one of the things about risking all of your capital on Bitcoin is like, you have to fully possess all of it. And like this idea of fucking shaking and being terror, like, oh God, like, what if I lose my money? Like, oh, oh. You know, I'm like, I, I'm just at the place where like, you know what, then, then fucking do that. Like, like, oh, yeah. should I buy Bitcoin? No, you shouldn't. Cause you're fucking scared. Like go back to that other world. Like, yeah. I don't fucking care. I, like, I texted- like if you really want it, like show up and be like, I want to risk everything. Like I want the fuck out. And for me, like, that's what it was. Like back when I first found Bitcoin, it was like, fuck this. I'm going to put a bullet in my head by the fucking end of this year. If I can't get out of this, I was working, you know, shitty customer support job, having people yell at me all day. I was like, fuck it. I would rather risk everything on this crazy ass idea and have it fucking blow my head off or free myself and be able to figure out who I'm supposed to be. And thank fucking God it worked out. Cause I could have totally blew myself up and now I'm Amen. this totally other person who I could have never known. And me and my wife talk about this. I'm like, what if I didn't find Bitcoin? She was like, Oh, yeah. you know, like, like I, you would have killed yourself. You know, I'm like, like her father killed himself too. So like we take suicide seriously, you know? And she was like, yeah, she was like, you would have absolutely killed yourself. You, you fucking hated life. And thank yeah, God well, she stuck next to me and she, she convinced me to do it, you know? And, and I, I think it's so important that people were like, this has nothing to do with money at all. Like this has to do with the self-sovereignty of liberating yourself from an abusive system that has exploited you day in and day out. You can't even fucking wake up when you want to because of how this system takes and takes and takes. How about you fucking take back for once? Why don't you take your money and make it so nobody can ever take it from you again, including yourself if you fuck it up. 
This is the difference between the shitcoin investor and the Bitcoin investor. The shitcoin investor feels that same way. Like they feel like this is their life is nihilistic. Everything is fatalistic. Like I have no future. I have no fucking hope. And so I might as well go all in on fucking safe moon because Dave Portnoy tweeted about it. You know what I mean? Whereas Bitcoin is rational optimism. It is bedrock. It is something on which to build your fucking life. And you got to start building a life by believing you have a future. And that starts with fucking loving yourself. The current system doesn't want you to love yourself, doesn't want you to have a prosperous family, doesn't want you to have a good life. It wants you to sit down, shut the fuck up, work your shitty customer service job, train your replacement, and then die alone. That's what it wants for you. Bitcoiners want you to eat steaks and come to Miami and have a fucking great time. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it goes back to that um that like definition of success being congruence with reality or congruence with your environment i just you know, i've said this before but so many people come up in the world and they find that the world that they're forced to engage in is not one that they want to be congruent with it's not one that allows them to express what they believe are the most valuable aspects of themselves the most meaningful aspects of themselves to create a meaningful life And so, yeah, of course, that's going to grind you down over time. And the only way to avoid being ground down by it is being willfully ignorant of it or, you know, just kind of having a, you know, self-destructive sort of attitude about it. Like, fuck it. You know, the world is burning. I'll burn with it and I'll I'll get my kicks on the way down. You know, and and Bitcoin is congruence with a greater truth. And that is a very liberating feeling to know that this now the thing that you're being congruent with is allowing you to express the best aspects of yourself. And that those are actually valued in this system and that you can lean into them and refine those and express them even more. And that's what lifts up your soul. The fact that you can get up every day and do that, be those genuine aspects of yourself and even figure out what, what you don't even know yet about them, like how far you can push them, you know, and what you can create with other people that are doing the same thing. And that's like in, insane amounts of hope, which is why, of course, we use that term in this place all the time. But it, it's, it's they're, they're so diametrically opposed and the, the trick is, is that they, they're self-reinforcing, right? Like this fiat system makes you feel that way. And then you feed into it and the corruption and the money causes it to exacerbate and the growth of, of government and the cantle and all that kind of stuff makes it worse and worse. And then the feedback you're getting from your environment is worse and worse and worse, right? So it's like going in the exact opposite direction. Whereas once you opt out and you, you come into the Bitcoin, you know, system, it's the exact opposite, you know, at first. You don't really know how to engage it. You don't really understand it. You don't really know how it fits with you, how it's changing you, all that kind of stuff. And then it just snowballs and snowballs and snowballs and it expands and expands and expands. And like, that's how the new world is, is created with people who feed into that expanding system, you know, and it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, um, it's this work. We've codified a long held dream. Even, I mean, the, the United States is founded on this dream, this, these, the rights to life, liberty, and property. Um, and it's as if we had to have that dream and all of the pains along the way of its marginalized realization to get to this point. This is like the apex invention of capitalism or of natural law. And it, the, the visual that I have is like, there's this, I would say base layer operating system, but there's, a, there's something foundational to existence where human beings are really just the crest of the waves where this thing the principles that bitcoin has codified permanently for human beings it's now pulsating through humanity 
And the Bitcoiners are just the first to figure it out. We're the first to arrive. We are the new waves of, of humanity. And now we're, you, it's isolating a bit because you end up looking at the rest of the world with kind of disdain. You don't want to hang out with other people and um, yeah. you get supercharged on being just a Bitcoiner. But it's the, the principles precede personality is what I'm getting at. So if we say like good or bad people in the world, like that's not the thing that's happening. It's like what we consider bad people today, they just, it won't be a Darwinian strategy that makes sense a hundred years from now on a Bitcoin standard. So it's Bitcoin changing, literally changing us from the ground up. It's rewiring our incentives. And if you consider that a human being is just a survival strategy propagating through flesh, the incentives for survival have changed as a result of the invention of Bitcoin. Rob, I got it. This, this was one of the things that that first got me into Bitcoin was that I'm a, you know, especially my, you know, five, six, seven years ago, whenever it was, I was a super skeptical asshole and always have been, you know. And uh, when Bitcoin started to rewire my brain and I had some degree of metacognition surrounding that and I was realizing that it was happening, I was like, if it does this to me, it does this to everybody. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm just, I touched source earlier. I'm one of the early disciples here, but like, let me, th this is Christianity. This is the whole world. It's going to take over everything. Yeah. You know? I'm, uh, I'm just polishing off an article right now that is, is dealing with these subjects. But in, in writing that article, I plucked two uh, quotes from Maps of Meaning. And Rob, actually, in relation to what you both just said, let me read you these two passages. Uh, the first one goes, in relation to when the, quote, collective dominance of human life fall into decay, at such a time, there is bound to be considerable number of individuals who are possessed by an archetype of a numinous nature that force their way to the surface in order to form new dominance. This state of possession shows itself almost without exception in the fact that the possessed identify themselves with archetypal contents of their unconscious and because they do not realize that the role which is being thrust upon them is the effect of new contents still to be understood, they exemplify these concretely in their own lives, thus becoming prophets and reformers. And the next passage is, uh, the hero is the first person to have his internal structure, that is, his hierarchy of values and his behaviors, reorganized as a consequence of contact with an emergent anomaly. The information he now carries, or perhaps is, will appear disruptive and destructive long before it proves redemptive. The individual troubled by anomalous and anxiety-provoking experience is suffering equally from the disintegration, rigidity, and senility of the society within. It is very likely, however, that he will be viewed with fear and even hatred as a consequence of his, quote, contamination with the unknown, particularly if those left behind are unconscious of the threat that motivated his original journey. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Peter, Peterson fuck. is going to be the ultimate Bitcoiner. <laughs> that is that is exactly what it fucking has felt exactly like, right uh the last however many years exactly monetary monotheism mm -hmm. well it's funny because it also that that passage really touches on the idea of how how like what i was talking about earlier is like you know where i came from like i had to become my own hero first and like once i was able to like liberate myself like now i have this availability to like be the person who i'm supposed to be that's like based around this newfound ideals and augmentation that like allow for me to live powerfully and safely in the world by through bitcoin and my understanding of it you know and, and like i've been thinking more and more about this and like i think so i i believe that bitcoin is ontological 
I actually think it, it is also messianic at the same time. And that uh, like it's a, a new phenomenon of autonomous language. And like that, that language though, however, is bonded to its oath of truth telling because of the cryptography that powers mm-hmm. it. And like when people come to actually understand what this means, it changes them because they realize that even from this nihilistic place of where God's dead, there's no meaning to anything in the world, like rediscovering the gem of truth, like it actually changes you fundamentally as a person. And it opens you to the possibility that that truth, not authority, is the final source of legitimacy, not the opposite as we've been taught forever. And, and because of that schism that opens between those two, it actually forces the state into a role of being essentially apocalyptic in a Cationic way. And that like, it actually represents evil, not because it fundamentally is evil, but because of its inability to say that truth is superior to itself. But maybe I'm saying too much weed, I don't know. No, no, it makes perfect sense. (laughs) That was killer. Yeah, it's wild because like each time I look at this, I'm like, am I just batshit crazy? Like, have I but, have I lost it? And I mean, I, like, you know, what, what am I? What what <laughs> like look at me? What am I doing all day long? All I'm retired all day long. I spend on a club Bitcoin Clubhouse <laughs> proselytizing. <laughs> I exactly. I fucking proselytize eight hours a day. Profits and I don't get paid for it. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> But look, that point, that point in the passage, right? It's like yeah. this this is an emergent anomaly. And we're still figuring out how it what it, it means for our behavior. It reorganizes the shit out of you though. I just yeah. I'm like in my own way, I'm up at five, six a.m. Try to be all during the week, reading or writing four to five hours a day. It's all about Bitcoin, it all pertains to Bitcoin one way or another. And it's like, what happened? I don't drink anymore. Like it just, but I feel amazing. I feel so alive. Like the mo- I just have a, a purpose to li- like, and it's all, I actually have to Peterson to thank a lot for it. Where he's like, you want to have a meaningful life, set your aim as high as you possibly can. The highest aim I can see is eradicating this institution of systemized time stuff that we call the central bank. It's just preying on people. It's, systemized predation like what else could you aim at to make your life meaningful and and bitcoin is just the i don't know the weapon or the scope through which we can finally take aim at central banking yeah, i think yeah, one of I the things the, that was craziest about weapon about getting into bitcoin uh you know was how disgusted i was at my former self you know what i mean mm. my like my sinner self my fiat self because mm. i had to live <laughs> In, I had to live incongruously with the truth in order to survive. Yeah. And I did that exactly. professionally. I would That's tell exactly lies it. professionally. I was in marketing and I would amplify other people's lies. And I actually feel bad about a lot of the things that I amplified using my talents. Right. Uh, but it just, you know, I didn't know any better at the time. And I didn't think I had a better option. And then once I found Bitcoin, I was like, oh, I can be who I want to be, who I really am. You know, I can be the higher version of myself rather than having to stoop down to this level to earn a fucking dollar, you know? Yeah, yeah and what happens? The sliminess of it. Yeah, and, and what happens? Like, look, we, we all like to think we have a certain level of, like, autonomy, right? But we obviously don't live in a vacuum. Like, we are social animals. And so 
much of our thinking and behavior is at least in part dictated or parameterized by the social realm. And so you can still be a good person and you can still be principled and moral and have good character in the fiat realm, but it's way harder because all the signals and cues are enticing you, you know, to relinquish those things or to, to compromise mm -hmm. those things. What's going to happen when you first, you pluck out all the most, like, you know, the highest principled people and you gather them together and then you develop a system that actually rewards further uh, refinement and expression of those of that principled behavior, right? So then you get the let's say the natural inclination of the individual combined with the correct incentives. And like, you know, I'm not. We, we always this language often people are like, oh, you're talking about utopia, and I think I don't have to say to you three like that that's not the case at all. But like just the fact that it will amplify the better parts of ourselves, and that those will be the reinforcing signals from that point on, and more so throughout the future is, you know, an extremely compelling and exciting proposition. Reaching this high always uh, comes with uh, accusations of hypocrisy, right? People are going to always be like, you, you know, you're being hypocritical because you didn't reach this utopian state or whatever. But it's like, man, humans are human and we have a lot of flaws. And even if we're doing our absolute best and not acting maliciously, we fuck up a lot, a mm -hmm. lot, you know? And that's why we need a system uh, yeah, almost accountable over here because I'm giggling over here because utopia means no place. And that's exactly where Bitcoin lives. It doesn't live in any place. It's mm. in all the things in between us, you know? And I think uh, it's pretty profound, all this, this wordplay and these jokes. And to, to me, like all these sort of little things that are found in it, to, to me, I'm like, none of this shit's a coincidence. Like, it's not <laughs> a coincidence that we got Bitcoin when we did, that the world was as fucked up as it is, that... Uh, like it is super fucking wild when you take a step back and you realize that like central bank is this central banking is this huge apparatus that's fundamentally evil. And like all of the people involved with it have no idea. And like, uh, if you guys are familiar with Hannah Arendt, like this is what the banality of evil is. She, and she points it out. She goes, look, like, like Eichmann's a, he's kind of a dumb man. Like he can't understand or look at this stuff in a way that lets him understand what he was doing is fundamentally evil. And it's interesting because she points out when you recognize that it's not about what they do. It's about what you do. And to me, like, that's one of the most important things that we're talking about here is, look, we can see all this shit coinery and stuff going on. And maybe some of this even has potential. But is it money? Is it fair? Does it offer the same things as Bitcoin? No. And so Grumsham's law, we're all going to choose what our subjective, most valuable money is. And it's going to become Bitcoin for the simple fact that it's been static with its supply and everything that it's offered. No other cryptocurrency offers that, period. Whether it has a fucking dog on it or if an autistic teenager is leading it. Vitalik, is, it, is he a teenager? It, it, um, <laughs> he looks like one. It's so... I don't like... Valis, I know you, you finished Maps of Meaning, right? Yeah. I'm gonna, I need to reread yeah, it, though, because I'm, I'm going through it now for this piece that I'm writing, but it's so fucking good. The stuff on alchemy, man. Like, yeah, I perfect. If you read the stuff that was written on alchemy by thousands of different people across thousands of years all over the world, they've been talking about Bitcoin the whole time, like the incorruptible substance that would serve as an antidote to tyranny in the world. And it, it made the refinement of self inexorably linked to the refinement of the world. Like that's what I think we're just living through that. Again, it's a dream that humanity had for thousands of years. And now that dream, that myth has becoming reality, I think. 
And I don't know, man, it is so radical. And when I say that word alchemy, that's when I really feel like the tinfoil hat might be too tight. But when you read the words in Peterson's text, it's like, why, how why, do you, why, why does alchemy just, have when, just when I, when I step outside myself and think how I must sound to someone outside right. of Bitcoin mm-hmm. and you're talking about alchemy, like alchemy is a complete and total don't, joke. And don't do that. Way. Don't do that. This is church. <laughs> people would pe- people outside Bitcoin would look at this podcast and think we're all insane, but this is yeah. church for the, the true believers. Yeah. You know? This is my, my meta but, meta cognition guy that's looking yeah. to look from the outside, but read the words and it's, it's tremendous. But Rob, I, I totally agree with that. But, but look, like because this is an emergent anomaly, you have to be willing to go into the dark spaces and possibly into the wrong corners of this thing to actually figure out what it actually is. Mm-hmm. And like part of that is publicly talking about it in a forum like this. And if people think you're crazy, well, then who gives a fuck, mm-hmm. really? Because again, I don't. And, and part of the freedom of Bitcoin is that you can I, have that, I, that I, attitude, I right? Yeah. Um, I fucking love being crazy, dude. I love it. I love it so much better being crazy in Bitcoin than being sane in the fiat world. It's way better. Yeah. Join us. Join us. Well, for me, it's like (laughs) to hold freedom as your actual highest principle. It means you don't give a fuck. I I don't give a fuck. I don't want to be happy. I don't want to be sad. I don't. I just want total freedom Mm. to just free. Like there's this paradox that once you discover absolute freedom, you end up walking one singular path. And it's like just whatever you whatever arises within you naturally in the moment to, as you would say, John, maybe to become more congruent with nature. So it's very almost Taoist in, in its discovery, but that's where I'm at. Um, but you know, it, with, yeah, it's, it with, feels good with this. I, I totally agree. But with this stuff with alchemy and with the, the religious uh, comparisons to these regenerative heroes and the myth and story and stuff, um, and actually, Rob, have you read um, The Forge and the Crucible, Eliad's book on alchemy? You're I've got to believe this. Watch me, watch me pick up this mic and pick up the first <laughs> book under it. <laughs> nice. nice. I just read yeah. it. I just finished it two weeks ago. It's amazing. Amazing. I just got it. I haven't read it yet. It's good. That was crazy. Synchronicity, baby. Yeah, oh, it really? is. There's some Lent chapters and there are some amazing chapters. So yeah. I would, but it's an easy read. What I'm hoping, because from from the what I know already, it's like what we have to kind of do is suspend our disbelief and our preconceived notions that all of that stuff was just primitive pre-science, for example, and actually mm-hmm. allow ourselves for a moment for the whatever mind experiment we're going on to say, what if their pursuit was completely rational and just on the level of analysis that they were pursuing or on the level of meaning that they were pursuing? And what if we like if we go to that level for that moment and then analyze Bitcoin through that lens, like what if it actually is the thing that they were trying to create or speculating about? And the same is true for the regenerative hero in, in religious myth and story. Like, what if it is that thing? You know, so and it sounds crazy, obviously, but here we are. <laughs> well, yeah, this is what you know. Carl Jung was saying that alchemy was the dream from which science is born. And so if we consider Bitcoin as one of these apex discoveries of science and, and the other thing it was supposed to do, by the way, the philosopher's stone was to unify science and religion. I think that's sort of what's happening here. Like we have a religion premised on natural law, thermodynamics, mathematics, truth. Um, super interesting. Here's another book that McKenna recommended. I just picked up. I haven't read it yet. 
It's uh, Ooh, the, hermetic. the hermetic tradition. It's about alchemy. But this one's a lot bigger than the Forge and the Crucible. Um, but Terrence McKenna, who's got a lot of good YouTube videos discussing alchemy, recommended this book really highly. And the fucking Forge well, and the Crucible is expensive like, for a tiny uh, little book. The way that we... Yeah. Just the, saying. The way that we look at alchemy today is is fundamentally different from how people used to classically look at alchemy. You know, like I Isaac Newton was trying to perform alchemy, uh, I think when he came up with uh, his idea for gravity, you know, like, yep. like this, this wasn't some like wacky pursuit. Like this was actually seen as like something that could be done by respected scientists yeah. and philosophers. And it's entangled Funny with too. all religion too. Um, in, the, in the modern day, people use that uh, Isaac Newton uh, connection with alchemy to discredit Isaac Newton. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Fiat. Is gravity getting is. canceled now? Is that what we should cancel gravity? <laughs> it's racist I mean, against fat people. Yeah, it's heavier. Flat, how can I have gravity? People. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's. Oh, man. The place we find ourselves in now is uh, in very, very interesting. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really curious what the next five to 10 years hold. Like, really curious. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about getting into a prison camp with you guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Speaking of, I mean, but they don't get our Bitcoin. I know, no, you know, only acceptable disclosures. But you know, I've definitely been thinking lately, and as many others have been as well. Like, where, where's the best place to be in that period? You know, because it, it seems like certain areas are going toward further toward or faster toward the crazy and others are maybe staving it off for a while and maybe even going in the other direction. But do you guys have any thoughts on best places globally to be? Any place, any place that's embracing Bitcoin is a great place to start. You know, mm -hmm. if they have somebody there that's embraced Bitcoin, put in Bitcoin friendly laws, mining friendly mining laws like uh that's a great place to start, you know, and then take it from there. Right. Because it shows that there are sane, rational people there who are, are, are you charged, thinking about at least for the time Wyoming? being. I'm thinking Texas at the moment. Yeah. A, I'm feeling a strong pull towards uh, the Austin area. Parker Lewis has been working on me for many months. He's been beating <laughs> me down. He already got Marty Bant. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm definitely feeling a pull towards Texas. Yeah, it seems like an amazing place to be. Not, not in a city. That's my my only thing. I think we can do fine, but being in a, in a city, I don't think it's going to be a good idea. Yeah. I, I mean, because on the one hand, you could think like just find a rural place anywhere, right? And you'd be square, but then you, you don't have much of a social existence, right? You have your, your family and, and that's basically it, which is amazing. But I, I don't think it's enough to to feed you forever, you know, which is why these places where Bitcoiners are kind of consolidating sounds like a, a good option. Austin definitely seems to be that center of gravity. And um, yeah, if regulations keep flipping in its favor, well, when, when there's just a lot happen? of self... What's that? Sorry, Rob. That Austin becomes the first citadel? Well, you know, we were talking about speculating, or speculative attacking or, or shorting like certain fiat currencies in the next three to five years like 
there's island nations that have a GDP of like 500 million to $5 billion, like all throughout the Caribbean and elsewhere. Like, I know it sounds extreme, but when is that? Like, when are we just going to establish a sovereign state? Uh, you know, go somewhere, kind of co-op the political apparatus, rewrite the constitution, do whatever needs to be done to like plant a flag for freedom. Like, is that just too much being too much of a target? Yeah. I think the problem with that is once you establish yourself as a state, uh, you know, you play by the rules of, uh, you know, geopolitics, which is there are no fucking rules. Mm -hmm. So a military (laughs) will just bomb the (laughs) shit out of you. You Yeah. Yeah. It's probably still best to be decentralized with little pockets of, you know, uh, social cohesion, like little small communities where Bitcoiners can, you know, be together and have barbecues and fucking, you know, uh, pool childcare resources or maybe homeschooling resources, micro schooling resources, stuff like that, uh, regenerative agriculture, all that kind of stuff. Like, and just have a good life, right? But not try and fight with the state on the state's terms. It would be like marching against the Redcoats, right? Mm. Like, you don't want to do that. You're going to get fucking slaughtered. You know, like, I, 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 I say these uh, kind of system. Go ahead. Okay, good, Robert. I was going to say, I, I, I want a, a kind of system that like has uh, like dual rights, like the, the state like shows up to like fuck me up. And then I like flash like my Bitcoin global membership card. And they're like, oh, shit, like <laughs> they'll, they'll like, call in like the Apaches and like bomb us and shit if we try to like take all of this Bitcoin. Because uh, like, keep in mind, like that's kind of how the Holy Roman Empire worked for a long time. You know, you have these like 500 tiny little principalities, but if you like fucked with any one of them, like the Holy Roman Emperor would show up to kick the shit out of you and your friends. <laughs> Well, you just imagine these little pockets of Bitcoinia, if you will, popping up in states all over the world. Um, you know, Austin seems like a natural one in the United States where over time people are just getting richer and richer and, you know, liberties are becoming greater and greater that it it's just and sucking news. the value and life energy out of everything around it. And then before you know, at some point, it's like, okay, the state may resist that for some time. Maybe they try to attack or whatever austin if you will but at some point they have to just start emulating that strategy and they it's very easy to adopt bitcoin and start adhering to its principles and once the regulatory frameworks are in place that it's been tried and true and proven like states will just copy each other um, like they do today like they do with the, the marijuana laws right colorado makes a ton of money taxing weed next thing you know all its adjacent states are flipping the same framework to do the same thing well, that's just it. Like the more desperate jurisdictions become, the more they need to find solutions. And Bitcoin is a solution yeah. just hanging out right there being like, put me on your balance sheet, you know, have uh, attractive tax policy for operations or businesses or entrepreneurs or whatever. You know, I, I spoke to Mayor Conger in Jackson, Tennessee, and like, that's what he's doing. You know, he saw mm-hmm. what Suarez was doing in Miami and everyone's going to Miami and all this activity and all this investment and shit. And he was like, well, my obligation is to my constituents, you know, to provide them with a better life and say what you will about the structure and power dynamic of like the current architecture of politics there. But he's just like, if it means that I can do more for my constituents, bring more jobs, bring more investment, bring more capital, then I'm going to do it. And as places become more desperate, as, as things fall apart, the Bitcoin is going to be the lifeboat, not just for individuals, but for towns and cities and states and countries and so, you know, you're probably right. It pro- Things probably just turn into 
a hyper-Bitcoinized world, right? Rather than having overt battles, you know, between jurisdictions. We're not going to realize that hyper-Bitcoinization has occurred, uh, you know, until we look back on it, probably. We might be in the, you know, in the middle of it right now. We probably are in the middle of it right now, right? I mean, like, think about it like this. I come from a time, you know, six and a half years ago or seven years ago when I first got into Bitcoin, uh, where every time it was mentioned, uh, we knew about it. There would be a Reddit story about it. Be like, oh my God, can you guys believe this libertarian podcast mentioned Bitcoin, right? <laughs> and uh, we all get excited about it. And now I live in a world where billionaires are fighting over proof of work mining on Twitter with each other. Amazing. The richest man in the world uh, owns Bitcoin and is simultaneously throwing a hissy fit about Bitcoin. And other billionaires are coming in to correct him uh, where his thinking is incorrect. That's the world we live in now. Sounds pretty hyper Bitcoinized to me. If I would have told that to me six and a half years ago, I would have been like, oh, we're, we won. We, we've already won. It's just more winning going forward. You know, the Bitcoin price is forty four thousand fucking dollars. You know what I mean? That's a shitload of money. It's only going to keep going up from here. How much more winning do you want? All of it? Me too. That's what's about to happen. <laughs> Amen to that. And in retrospect, it was inevitable. Is that what Elon said? True. That, by the way, the whole thing where, and I'm going to do a little thread on this, I think. I know it's probably not the, uh, it's just a popular thing to do right now is to get on the whole Elon thing. But I think it's a beautiful example of that notion of kill your heroes. Mm-hmm. And I think Bitcoin is the ultimate tool for not only killing your heroes, but also killing your ego in the process. It's like we're getting beneath our own humanity to look at the very principles which unify us and organize us. And this thing that's playing out with him, like it's happened before with other guys who thought they could outsmart or improve or co-opt Bitcoin in some way. And they always end up slain against the blade of Bitcoin. Um, so this, this, this notion of, of slaying your heroes, seeing it play out in real time. I think it's going to be a great lesson for people new to Bitcoin and a great, it's a great um, justification of its value prop, I guess. And that politics don't matter. Opinions don't fucking matter. Like Bitcoin is the fact of money. So your opinion is irrelevant. I don't care if you're Elon Musk. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the United States government, your opinion doesn't matter. Bitcoin just is. And so this, to see this thing playing out in real time, like, I feel like it's a pattern we've already seen, but it's now just kind of at the ultimate level for an individual, at least. It's like the richest guy in the world trying to stand up against this thing. And he's going to be slain. So, well, there's, there's some quote That's about how- like the light of truth, right? Like it, it shines its, it, its light on falsity everywhere, wherever it is. And I think back to mm-hmm. the religious iconography, this is why you prostrate yourself in front of the truth, because there's no other option. It will reveal that about you that is not truthful, at least in relation to it. And I think that's what Bitcoin's like. Bitcoin is just going to is just going to be a never ending rampage of humbling people until mm-hmm. they conform to the truth that it represents. And it's going to be fun to watch, you know, because there's a lot of people with big egos in the world and they're going to come up to it and they're, you know, they're going to try to put their ego up against what Bitcoin is and the truth will win every single time. And yeah. we're just a part of the audience. So true. I think the truth is the most important, um, you know, 
it's the most important thing too, because, you know, it's like the Peterson thing. If you believe lies, I mean, you're, you're going to be led entirely astray. And uh, that is like basically its own, you know, that's its own form of time theft because you're going to lead a wasted life. Mm. You're going to look back and you can't change it. You know, mm. you're not Superman. You don't get to fly around the world twice and turn back time and shit. You have to just sit there on your deathbed with all the fucking regret from your entire life and let it hit you. Let it wash over you. Fuck that. Fuck that feeling. Fuck that. I'd rather die in service of my principles than live mm. like a fucking coward and die at the end that way. Mm. No way. No way. That's whatever this means. I've been thinking more about the idea of the martyr as a result of being in Bitcoin. And again, like this is all wrapped up in this, you know, religious uh, metaphor ideas and that kind of stuff. But like, is that a component of confronting the truth that like, it all like, cause the idea of the martyr, right. Is that to, in order to prove the truth of the principle that you proclaim, let's say, you have to take it all the way, or at least you have to be willing to, right? And so the martyr is the person who says, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the threat, regardless of the consequences, I am embodying this principle, no matter what you do. And if you take my life, I will scream freedom at the end when you're doing so, right? That is the idea of the martyr. And it, I mean, that is chilling, right? It's insanely powerful. I mean, I think we would all hope that our highest principles we hold in that same regard, but we'd also probably hope we never are they never get tested to that degree because we wouldn't have want to have to prove to ourselves that we really believe in the truth of those principles and we don't just use them conveniently when you know when necessary or when convenient. But getting the um, sorry to interrupt, but just the yeah. de the definitions. So for me, martyrdom would be actually egoic in a way. If you're if you're willing, if you're trying to step up and be sacrificed to represent these principles, that might be one step too far. Like I would say the example you gave William Wallace screaming freedom at the end of his life. I wouldn't classify him as a martyr. Right. I think he's no, a no. warrior that did what I agree. Had to be done. And then yeah, yeah. And he was ultimately slain. I think that's the right mode of action. The right mode of being is to be the William Wallace. But you could take it a step too far and be a martyr, which would then be you acting egoically in a way. I don't know, because I depends, you can also make right? the case it's the absence of ego, right? You're you're literally saying like the principle supersedes my idea of myself. And therefore, if myself has to die to preserve the principle and the ideal, then I'm willing to do that. I guess there's it's just a, a, the intention is what determines the intention right? matters. Are, are yeah. you doing it out of an intent intention to be noticed or go down in history, or are you doing it out of an intention to actually embody the principle? Yeah, and that's where I I'm drawing the line to my definition is that martyrdom is a, there, would be just on the other side of that. There, there's this Buddhist text. And I can't remember the name of it, but basically, uh, you know, the Buddha is walking along uh, with a pupil and he tells him uh, about another student who had killed himself. Uh, and, you know, in general, like when you kill yourself in Buddhism, uh, you don't you don't get to transcend into uh, nirvana. And uh, the Buddha goes, well, if he did it with the intention of ascending into nirvana, uh, then, you know, he has ascended into nirvana. Like it, it was a non-egoic action and the intent is everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think we always have to look at intent and that nothing is uh, sort of an absolute and people know it, people know it when it's real. Right. Like Jay-Z has this line in his new song uh, where he goes, you killed Christ. You created a religion unexpectedly, you know, 
because it was so real. The sacrifice was so real mm. and people were able to see that. And it was in service of, you know, truth, beauty, wisdom, all that stuff, like, like the good parts of Christianity, you know? Yeah. The, the, the example I was thinking of is like in Vietnam, right. When the monks like set themselves on fire to protest, you know, the war or to represent a peaceful protest of some kind, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking of. And then just use freedom because it's more relevant to this space, but I, I didn't mean to go so like uh, heavy on it, but I was just, you know, like, I feel like truth, what I'm trying to grapple with is like, what is it about truth? that makes you have that makes me have those thoughts and i guess it's because like truth is like an it's hard to define truth without using the word truth but uh it's like the absolute right it's like if it is the truth it's like worth any cost it's yeah i don't know struggling to find the words on words right it's, it's ineffable so, truth is ineffable so you'll embody it in action right and and, and, and this it, is a disc Go ahead. This is a disconcerting process. Like, I mean, uh, searching for the truth is is tough. And I think in Bitcoin, in the Bitcoin space, like we find ourselves, um, you know, tearing ourselves to pieces and others around us to pieces in search of the truth. And sometimes I go into these like clubhouse rooms with the shit coiners and they go there, you know, there was one yesterday, basically a grievance room about toxic maximalism. Why are the maximalists? They're always in the echo chamber and they do this and that, and they don't listen to me. They don't make me feel good. And I don't like it. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, well, listen, we, we are in search of truth here. This is a chamber where we search for truth. And, you know, if we have to tear ourselves to pieces to get to that truth, then so fucking be it. Well, I was in a room with Junseth and me and Junseth were fighting and some girl goes, hey, stop it. And we were like, shut up. We're fighting here. Let us fight. <laughs> but it's so true. Right? Like, that, that's bottled, the point. You know? It reminds me of like somebody coming in to like a, a dojo and they're like, master, like, tell me. Tell me the ways to like fight like a man. And he just like fucking smacks. And they're like, oh, like, why <laughs> exactly. are you doing it? You're going to learn today. Yeah, well, I was like, <laughs> like, we come back the next day. We're like, master, he fucking hits us again. And we're like, oh. And we like come back the next day. And he like goes to hit us. And we're like, block. He's like, ah, you are learning. First learn that I will strike and you defend. You know? And like. I, I don't know. Like, to me, this is sort of the product of like what's gone haywire with the world is that uh, like people would much rather f have stuff feel nice than than to like be offended by the truth, you know, and like and I get I get in all kinds of trouble in my personal life with this shit, too, you know, because like I, I, I'm an anarchist. I'm super anti-status uh, and like liberals drive me fucking insane when they're like oh like gun violence is terrible i'm like yeah like let's disarm the police and, and the army right now and like i will fucking surrender my guns first thing like the moment that they're gone they're, they're like well no like that's not we're, we're we're talking about your violence not their violence i'm like oh okay so you know it, it's cool you just hate brown people right like you want to bomb them and they're like no that like that's not it i'm just like Oh, God damn it. I'm sorry. I just, I lose my mind in this world because people want to feel good about shit, even though there's this fucked up world of terrible stuff going on. And I, I'd rather say, hey, look, it's kind of fucked up and terrible. And they'd go, they're like, you're such an asshole, Eric. Go, go away. <laughs> well, this is the people you know, in the, the fiat, fiat world are always trying to like. Go on. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, no, I was just saying, people in the fiat world are always putting stuff 
they're always putting stuff on you. And they're basically being like, act this way. Like, tell me comforting lies. You know, don't you want to? And you're like, not really. Like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why it feels so good to interact with Bitcoiners because we just deal in the truth all day long. Well, there's well, that's no what fiat is. Bitcoin. Yeah, fiat is, is the a attempt lot. to yeah. avoid, to contend with something other than reality, right? To avoid consequences. I mean, that's, it's raison d'etre. Like, it's, it's, a, it's an arrogance that you can avoid contending with reality which is so bananas, but it's pretty much what it's predicated on. Of course, there's, you know, there's other nefarious components of that, but th- that being the system, you know, the, the structure that it creates, it creates all these people that, that embody those same things. You know, we all know there's so many, I think it'll be elucidated later on how much the characteristics and qualities and perversions and corruptions in the money are literally like transmuted into the people that are forced to use it. You know, and so it's no surprise that people take that kind of an attitude uh, to things, you know, because they've been weakened by by the money that that basically shapes them. John, do you think um, this feeling we're talking about this either martyrdom or uh, impulse to sacrifice oneself to embody truth? Um, So think about it like this, maybe that. We. The truth, if we say truth is an accurate portrayal of reality, human beings are essentially designed to cooperate. I mean, you say designed or evolved, whatever you want. We are, our essence is collaboration and, and competition. We're made to interact, right? As Marcus Aurelius says, we're like the, the rows of the upper and lower teeth or the left and right hand. Like we're, we're designed to go together and flow together. We're social animals. So is that, that impulse maybe that, when you discover truth at its most in its most basic form, you have an impulse to share that with the whole to such an extent that your individual livelihood is irrelevant by comparison. So it's almost like if you find that's what discovery is, right? When we discover a new tool or innovation, we have this impulse and incentive, I guess, to share it with the world where it's, it's almost like the truth of humanity is he's more like a collective organism versus just an individual organism. And when you touch on truth, it gives you that, I don't know what it is, an impulse, I guess, to try and just, you want to burst forth with it and live it out fully and share it with the world. Well, if truth if, is- If it dies with you, what was the point? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, if, if truth yeah. is, if, if an aspect or a part of the definition of truth is congruence with the realities that you're engaging with, right? Let's say above mm-hmm. and below social and individual- then it inherently is, it, it connects, it unites, right? Because it's, it's basically saying that, that you found the thread that connects the things to scales above you, scales below you, scales between you. So maybe yes. for that reason, it, it inspires that type of an attitude, you know? And when I was talking about, um, you know, the martyr issue, like I wasn't saying that I feel like sacrificing myself, but these, these ideas of basically you're trying to ascertain the worth of truth. Like, what is the value of truth? And what, like when you pursue that path, you know, deep enough, it's like, well, you come up to the, the doorway that says, like, mm-hmm. would you die for it? Is that mm-hmm. how valuable truth is? Is that how important truth is? Obviously, you don't want to. And obviously, you living as an embodiment of truth is far more valuable to you and the collective. But if like... I don't know. Your mind just goes to that place when you're trying to find the proper valuation for 
you know, quote unquote truth. Mm -hmm. Well, I like to me, this is part of like the ontological thing that's like going on with Bitcoin right now. And like, like right now, anybody could look at Bitcoin and be like, okay, like something's clearly going on here. This thing went from being worth nothing 10 years ago to now, you know, it's worth whatever it's at right now, which is a huge sum more. And like, is that actually the true value of it? Well, we know absolutely. But, you know, there's going to be 99 other clowns out in the world who, you know, they're like, no way, it's a bubble. It's, you know, tulip bulbs. And as we go through this process of discovery of truth, like we'll actually discover like, oh, lo and behold, it's actually the most worthwhile thing ever because that truth is so profound and meaningful, particularly when contrasted against these banks that are fundamentally fucking evil and lobotomized in such a way that they're like, yo, we can, we can print infinity money. We can just print it up. Everybody can have money, money. We can, that's just what it is. And like these guys, like they literally don't understand what they're doing. Like it's absolutely incredible to me the way that modern monetary theory has just straight up fucking ate economics as a field. And now anybody who calls themselves an economist with a few of people like safety or, or a few others they're all modern monetary theorists. I remember I was talking to an old friend of mine. He works at the Fed and we were talking about the velocity of money and how that kind of changes prices. And I thought it was fascinating that he was like, oh, you know, like I don't, I don't really know much about the velocity of money. I don't, you know, we were never taught that it's like really an economic principle that matters very much. And I remember that really blew me away to be like, oh, so like w- what are actual true economic principles of flow and how things operate? Like that's not, People who are modern monetary theorists don't pay attention to that at all. And we're like so deep down the authoritarian hole. I mean, actually, let's call it the authoritarian cave that, you know, all the slaves are chained up and we're all looking at the shadows on the wall. And all these other fucking slaves are like, yeah, look at that. That's real. And that's real. And this is all real. And we're like, guys, there's like sunlight shining in, like Mm. coming in. Like there's like a different world out there. And they're like, ah, oh, like these guys, this joker, the thinks that this internet money thing is going to go somewhere. Like, come on, you know? And like, that's where we're at, you know? Like, we try to hand this truth to people, and they don't want anything to do with it. They think it's ridiculous. And meanwhile, they're telling us, like, oh, check out the, like, it's the dog coin. That's the one that's going to change the world. Like, what? It's you two know? point. The 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 light that's been. Sh- casting those shadows on the wall has been gold for so long and i think people have been trapped in the cave of keynesian economics long enough that they've forgotten that that gold was still the geopolitical money of the world and now so it's like they don't get that first of all so of course they don't understand that there's another star called bitcoin devouring gold it's casting new shadows on the like it's just so outside of your scope of worldview that people can't digest it well this is what we were talking about earlier about not really like even having a hard time relating to your fiat self, right? Like your pre rap Bitcoin rabbit hole self. And it's like, I wish I could, right? Because then I could cater my communication better to people that are in that same position, but it's really so hard. I mean, that's the impact of this thing on, on your perception and, and who you are and the way you see the world. I mean, it, you know, it, it dramatically reframes the way you see the world. And, you know, I found it interesting, Rob, when we when we spoke with uh, Peterson and it was like great Colin. He's obviously a brilliant fucking dude and, uh, you know, mm. mad respect. But when it came to the uh, the point of inflation, even he was kind of like, you know, the, uh, the inflation doesn't seem like a problem. 
And I, I was kind yeah. of like for a second, I was like, oh, shit. And then I was kind of waiting for you to take take uh, take that question. But it was surprising to me that someone as thoughtful as him, even, you know, that mm -hmm. wasn't really something that he had a great deal of clarity on. So imagine everybody else. Yeah, I know he's um, so he's going to be interviewing safety and he's going to be interviewing Bob Murphy, who wrote a book called Choice. It's kind of like the modern version of human action. So he's interviewing some Austrian economists, but his education to date has been all Keynesianism. Right. So he's always thought that, well, inflation doesn't matter as long as we're producing goods and services more quickly to offset it. It's like, no, dude, you're still you're harvesting that economic surplus and giving it to a select few. You're robbing everyone. And so that one hasn't clicked for him yet, but um, I also think he yeah, has a there's a trepidation on his part of not dismissing the order that's been established to like frivolously. Yeah, you know that's very know. much. His he asked thing. me that question about central banking. He's like, "Why did we create it?" And I'm like, "Well, we created it to go to war." <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah. And I get what he's saying. Well, right? You know, the like, world the, the people. Sorry, go ahead. Gold had a lot of gold. Had, no, I'm just saying gold had a lot of limitations, right? So, yeah. so there was a reason for fiat currency. I mean, there was probably no reason for it to be uh, for the peg to be broken. There was no reason. For yeah, that, a, right? yeah, a reason for paper currency yeah. enough. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it's it's far more often incompetence and cowardice than malice, right? Like, if you're a politician, you don't want to own up to the fact that you overspent, that you can't meet your obligations, that you you got to face the music with your constituents. So it's like it's cowardice and or incompetence far more than it is any overt evil in my and opinion. And it's optionality, right? It's like someone just took the option that was there. Like, what do you mean? We can just print money to pay the, the oh, we just <laughs> overspent for two years. We can just print the money, fucking print the money. And they just yeah. let the effect compound as long You're as like, they can. Is this a trick Human question? Nature. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you're telling me we can just spend as much as we want yeah. or we got to yeah. all be voted out of office? I'm going to, I'm going to pick option a, you know? And when you look at their human history, we've learned this lesson and forgotten it over and over and over. Well, like you'll see a society, thing. they print too much money. They get collapsed as a result. A couple of generations pass. They know don't print any money. And then come that third generation. The guys are like, why can't we go ahead and print some money? Like it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. You don't even have to look that far back. Objections? <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I mean, like the, I, mean, I love that the Chinese after they, they first created fiat money the first time and they had this collapse. Like afterwards, they like passed a law being like, if you create fiat money, like you will be brutally and horrifically tortured before yeah. we kill you. <laughs> and I was like, well, all right. They like, they like got it. Like good job. I'm like, there was no fiat money in China after that for like a long fucking time. It always, it's too, but yeah, we're just, you back. can't resist the temptation. It always sneaks in, back in. I mean, dude, we're, we're living through, Weimar, the Weimar Republic right now. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. globally. Do Dogecoin at 70 cents or whatever. And when I when I see that, I'm just like, this is full-blown Weimar. You know what I mean? Like we are in hyperinflationary conditions right now, right? Like we are reliving the collapse. That's where we're at historically. Like the paragraph that you read in some history book, you're there. It just takes 10 years, 20 years to play out, but you're in the middle of it, smack dab, you know? And like, what are you going to do about it? Well, that's the real trip. Buy Bitcoin. Protect yourself. That's the real trip. Is like think about I think how we... there. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Oh, I was just going to say that I, I think about that that from Adams Ferguson's book uh, when money died. There, like Nick Carter shared a great quote from that where I was like, in 1923, like everybody was fucking buying stock. Like every yep. yeah, people getting shoe shine boy and like 
it just reminds me about how many people have asked me about Doge over the last two weeks. And, and, and in all honesty, my only regret with Doge that I remember telling my wife back in like 2016 being like, oh, like I just need to load up on a shitload of Doge because with it being absolutely retarded at some point in time, <laughs> someone is going to jump on the thing and it's going to go to the moon for the simple reason that it's fucking stupid. And then it happened and then I was like, all right, I'm fucking done. Yeah, the, the, these these bull markets are exhausting because by the end you're just overwhelmed with, with just a a cascading wave of stupid fucking questions, and it's it's hard, man. I can, you find yourself to come on. You find yourself surrounded by, by shit coiners and by no coiners, and you're like, who are all these people at my table that weren't here last year? Who are these fucking people? These are not my people. You want to cast them out, you know? Fucking annoying, I, 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 I love Jesus. the carnage. You know, it's kind of like that uh, that character in Forrest Gump. You know, the captain with no legs, and he's up on the mast in the in the storm. Like, I just, it's all a mess, right? But when you're when you have that north star, when you have that truth on your side, like it's, I mean, I don't. It's not like I like to see it, but I can get in the mindset of being gritty and kind of like, you know, I don't know. I, I I can find a find a silver lining. But what I was going to say before is like. Hoddle, what you were saying, like it's it's realizing because we we grow up and we think historical events are what happened prior, right? World War One, World War Two, the Vietnam War, you know, the Renaissance, filling the Roman Empire, all that kind of shit. It's like, wow, really massive change that happened in another time. We live in the time where everything is slow and gradual and expected and all that kind of stuff. And just coming to the grips that you live in a historical period of massive change and what that means for like how you have to reorient your perspective and how you have to make yourself adaptable and all that kind of stuff is, is a trip because it's not just maybe massive geopolitical events, but we may also be on the scale of like massive truthio religious, whatever the word for, you know, like for Mm -hmm. that is like, as if you were born in the time of, Christ, for example, or as if you were born in the time of, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever other. And like, just to be clear, I don't think that's as significant as if you lived during the quote historical Christ, but the realization that the bringing together of certain principles netted a mode of being in the world that was actually novel and, and the best, you know, like, an example to follow that heretofore had not been constructed or realized and how much that will have, you know, will and did change hu- the course of humanity and how people acted and interacted like that level of change, whether or not it takes on the same character, but just kind of like coming to grips with the fact that you might be living in one of those times, you know, so Dude, you know, buckle up. I mean, Dorothy. our great, <laughs> our great, 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 great grandchildren are going to look back on this live stream and think one of two things either <laughs> holy shit these are some insane morons who were in a fucking cult i can't uh, believe they procreated. i can't believe this is <laughs> this is why i'm still so poor to this day because these idiots <laughs> went all in on bitcoin or <laughs> or they're gonna be like oh shit the profit like, they, knew be- they knew before uh, everybody else like this is why i live in the fucking castle you know what i mean this uh, is why you know i mean you got to you got to put yourself out there for it. You know what I mean? Like speak your truth. I mean, one of those two outcomes is is likely. <laughs> we'll see, see which it, one. It, Ride or die, baby. If Clown Let's World wins, if Clown World wins, our great 
great, 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 great grandchildren will be paying off our energy debt from proof of work. They'll have like a tally and everything. They'll, and they'll like go to vote. They'll be like, wait, you're a case. Like, fuck you, you piece of shit. Your, your dad spent enough money to get us to the moon and back. Fuck you. And they'll like spit on him and stuff. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Your dad is why we don't have fish. Your dad is why trout died out. You know what I mean? It'll be shit like that. If the right <laughs> like, the world in like two hundred years. Like, so you want me? So you want me to use the petrodollar? Like that? That's your fucking answer. You want me to use the petrodollar because you don't like Bitcoin? Like, go eat some fucking styrofoam. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, you know, like. Like it, it blows my mind, you know, and like, I, I get it uses a huge amount of energy. And I would hope that people would be like, oh, it turns out like our civilization like needs energy. Like maybe we should like speed up the development of doing that in ways, say like nuclear energy that, you know, doesn't cause fucking emissions and all this other bullshit. But well, how about en up, energy is a scarce, expensive resource that all organisms on Earth use? Maybe the relevant question is, why is this thing sufficiently valued to be garnering so many resources? That seems like a, you know, rational question. Well, and the better, you know, it's like who should decide and it's the cumulative action of the should decide because that is by definition democratic. Um, but to, to your last point, it's that realization that history is a live event, you know, it's, it didn't happen. It's happening all the time. And you are an active participant in that history. Um, that took me a while to, for that to dawn on me. I think in my young adulthood, you know, as you said, you always thought it came before you and now you're in this stable place. But once, once you have that realization, it's terrifying and empowering at the same time, because all of a sudden you are a participant in the direction of history. And then it just, it, it, it's incumbent upon you to really take whatever gifts, talents, capital, skills you have and allocate it towards what you find to be purposeful and meaningful in the world. And I, it's just a powerful realization. So I don't know if I could somehow like get it out to the kids. It's like, hey guys, history is a live event. It's something that happens. It's happening right now. That sounds like something your history teacher would say and you'd be like, this guy's fucking full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like math is fun. It's up on yeah. the wall. And you're like, no, it's not. Fuck this. History is alive and well. <laughs> you only, you One know, have you noticed the older you get? You, oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, uh, no, I, I got some lag. I was just going to say like, History is like one of those degrees I got that I was like, oh, this will never be fucking useful at all. And then like, as I watched all this, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I've seen all this before, you know? And it's, uh, I think, I think it's really important because it, if, if you can get that viewpoint where you get that something epochal is going on. Uh, and this is one of the things I find interesting is that like uh, my younger friends, I talk to about the consequences of inflation coming and they like get it and they see it and they're prepared. I like talk to my dad's generation and his friends. So like, oh, you know, like no problem. Like this is, this is fine. You know, like we, you know, this it's is all going to work out. There's no problem at all. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, it's really interesting because like, I'm starting to really notice this break. And I think with understanding that, like, we are these actual agents of history, uh, like time is not on the side of the boomers and the central bankers. Cause like with each day they're dying off. And with each day, like we're like recruiting new members and like this is, 
you know, it only goes so far until we finally hit a tipping point. Uh, and I actually think like, I think this all manifests itself as like an actual political thing or movement. Like, I'm not sure, but essentially like people make the political demand that like pay me in Bitcoin. I accept only Bitcoin. I don't want shitcoin. I don't want dollars. Uh, and I think it all kind of like naturally bubbles up over time through people's own subjectivity. And then eventually like people applying that, you know, to their local jurisdictions, to their state jurisdiction, to the federal jurisdiction. Um, you know, at least that's my hope, you know, maybe I, I could be terribly wrong and we could all end up in the prison camps. So, you know, don't. <laughs> what if it is, what if it is like, you know, first of all, two things to think about in, in terms of history, the fed has been around for a hundred years, more than right. Like that's a fairly long time for that kind of an institution. Like if you look back through the history of the U S like things rolled over in far lesser time than that. You know, so it's it, 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 it's either like it's you could say that it's been around, it's done well and hanging around, but you could also easily make the case that its days are numbered for even just that reason alone, that like those sorts of institutions don't generally last that long, you know. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing is, you know, talking about shit coins and NFTs and all this stuff, like like I said at the beginning, I, like I don't think that's going away. Right. There's and look, it is not the base layer of civilization like Bitcoin is. But obviously people value that shit. And if you can buy 10 years of season tickets at the Yankees and then have an open market to exchange them and trade them and do all these doodads and whistles, like, is it better than just buying season tickets at the Yankees? Yeah, probably. And so is it more functional? Does it add some functionality, even if it's a lot of smoke and mirrors? Probably enough that it will persist, right? And I wonder if like the the... Bitcoin will garner people that make the Bitcoin choice, you know, and they become like the Sparta. And then, you know, the people that make a lesser choice where it's like, whatever, whatever economic choices they make, like Ethereum and whatever else. And that's like Athens. And then you get all, you know, it, it, it kind of fractures in that way along the, the base layer choice that you make. And because obviously that's going to affect the the culture that emerges on top of it. Look, some people just aren't going to be down with a particular set of uh, rules, let's say consensus rules that they have to agree to in order to participate in that network. And so I wonder if, you know, that's kind of how fractured cultures will emerge by making kind of those base layer choices. And then, I don't know, not a fully fleshed out thing. Like, <laughs> if if you want if you want price exposure uh, to let's say Ethereum, why not why not just buy Bitcoin? You know what I mean? Like in in most you know on long time scales, Ethereum acts like a Bitcoin derivative, and so why would you buy the less secure, uh, you know, the more inferior uh, product rather than just buying Bitcoin? Still, I still that. can't make sense. <laughs> they of don't that. know that. You know. Because Bitcoin no, is MySpace no, fucking... and Ethereum is magic. You know, that's... Uh, they still think that. I, I just try to do my best to really educate people about uh, about the monetary aspects of Bitcoin and how important, you know, its static known supply is. And then to be like, look, all this other shit is totally speculative. But like Bitcoin is savings. It's a real monetary instrument. Uh, and even beyond speculative, like like this stuff isn't a financial tool or object. And, and the other is like, 
I think it's really important for people to go buy Dogecoin, fucking smash your dick in the door and realize that you made <laughs> a terrible mistake. It hurts really bad. And then like you can take your penis and go try to shove it in an opossum or something, you know, like you can do this over and over until you're like, gee, you know, like maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe this is like a worthwhile thing. I shouldn't just shove anywhere. And then you start to realize, ah, yes, like that's how you save yourself is, you know, um, years to figure dick that out and the good too. stuff. <laughs> well, and I, it's, it's an important thing that I think everybody should go to. And I'm a huge fan of, of free markets across the board and look like, you know, if you want to go lose your money doing this stuff, it's the same reason that I think casinos are great. I never go to them. I think you're a fucking idiot if you go into a place and you think you throw money up in the air and more of it comes down. But hey, you know what? If you want to do that, good for you. Same thing, like, if you want to huff paint, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. The funny thing is, is when I, even when these conversations come up these days, like, I'm so retarded down the rabbit hole that i have a hard time relating to bitcoin as an investment you know and as it's just like oh, it's yeah. in a totally different yeah. ca category for me and i it feels yeah. weird to even have it in the discussion of other potential investment options i texted somebody uh who was scared about the price you know a friend who had recently gotten into bitcoin they were scared about the price and they were like what do you think man do you think it's going all the way down to the 20s or whatever and I was like, bro, I don't, first of all, I don't think so. No, but really I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? I'm riding this thing to fucking eternal glory or to total destruction. So that's where I'm at. And I can't relate to anything else. You know, it's always a reminder for me how early we are when, when people, I tell people, I'm like, no, like that's my exclusive savings. Like Bitcoin is my denominator. Like I, exactly. know, that's what I, that's how I look at life. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, are you kidding? They just, they're overwhelmed with this this sense of me being radical. But to me, in my day-to-day -day life, it just feels completely normal, like the most peaceful, tranquil way to be. I can't yeah. think of a better way to be than just be denominated in Bitcoin. Yeah, I feel like this connects back to, to, to what Joan was talking about with martyrdom. And like, like not, not to compare it with the martyrs or anything, but like there's this place where the final choice where that like Bitcoin is your denominator and that's what you save in. It has been made and it's like cemented. Uh, and like, it's still fun to watch what the price does, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like it goes to 20,000. You're like, oh, great. Like I got, you know, I'm going to be buying all, like I'm selling everything in this house, like getting my kids going to, you know, this one's, you know, one Bitcoin, that one's two Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I would never sell my, my kids for that, that little Bitcoin. Um, but you know, like it, it's, uh, I think it's really important that, everybody sort of goes through their own process to get to that denominator. And I think like this actually is the ontological process is like doing this until you realize like, Oh, like the truth matters. The fact that the supply can't change the fact that it's done that forever. And it's different from all these other shit coins. And Hey, like now that I have an actual savings, my wealth is actually increasing. Now I can treat myself better. I like myself more because I made good choices. And there's this whole crazy hermeneutic cycle that like you go through where at the end you're like, I love myself because I protected my wealth and extracted myself from the slave culture and didn't sell out all of my values. And it makes me feel good inside. And it makes me a better person who helps others. And now I've discovered all these other crazy people who do all this other, you know, this pursuit as well. Uh, and it's, it's really fucking exciting. And yeah, like it, I feel the same way, John, and that like when people are like, is Bitcoin a good investment? I'm like, like, what is value? 
Like, what is money? Like, how do we even understand these things? And they're like, yeah, so I'll go in now. I mean, um, it's like, it's, it's, Eric, you basically, you're living in the future that you gifted yourself, right? And compared to the future you, you would have had if you didn't believe you had a future. You actually, you know, like, you seem like eternally misanthropic, right? But, you know, you had enough of a like, yeah, you had enough of something in there to be like, nah, maybe this can work out for me. And that little seed that you planted grew into what is essentially like a beautiful life where, you know, you have a lot of hope for your future now. And that's the thing I want for everybody. If you make shitcoin gains, like, honestly, I'm really happy for you. I just, I want you to flip the profits into Bitcoin so that you can have that experience that, you know, Eric has had, I have had, I, I'm, I assume John and Robert have had also, uh, you know, where we are now living in the future that we've built for ourselves, that we gifted to ourselves. And it feels fucking fantastic. Yeah. And this, I think this, yeah, this sounds beautiful way to put it, man. This maybe sounds super crazy too, looking from the outside in, but it's, this is a monetary technology that lives so close to you like we're not it used to feel like in the fiat world you have like yourself and your being and then you have your bank account which is well outside yourself but bitcoin's not that experience it's like the bitcoin is part of you part of your life like literally you put it in your fucking brain if you want you you just have this unlimited optionality with it to the extent that it almost becomes an extension of your being whereas the fiat paradigm is something that was um like parasiting onto you, you know, it's, it's the opposite dynamic. Yeah. That's how it feels. And it feels, no. that's why you feel, I think really good and secure. Like I don't, I don't feel the volatility and what I just doesn't matter to me at all. Like at all, I just yeah. feel fine with the, the number of sats that I have. Well, well I don't feel fine. I always want more, but <laughs> yeah. I feel good having the sats you have. <laughs> but how do I think, I think, and Eric, what you said, I think that's where maybe the like your mind wanders to the martyrdom idea, because like when you come to the the attitude of ride or die, like this is either providence or pogey, you know, like it's either going to work spectacularly or fail spectacularly. Well, that's like that's a at least your prep. You've accepted the martyr role. You said, like, I'm going to go down with this ship if need be because of what this represents. Right. So so maybe that's where it comes from. But Rob, you, you mentioned how, how close it is to you. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like in Christianity, the, the Eucharist was basically a symbolic um, you know, ritual of embodying uh, the body of Christ, right? By, right imbibing. Right? Imbibing yeah, the body yeah, of Christ, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like mm-hmm. symbolically, you're, you're taking what Christ represented, the principles, the mode of being, and you're eating it to embody it and ostensibly become it. Mm. And like yeah. a lot of parallels with, you know, holding 12, 24 words in your head and having the exact same process play out, embodying the, the principles that Bitcoin espouses and, and what it permits. And now you're back in alchemy because that's what, let me read this thing from Maps of Meaning as well. It's a quote, the sequence of the alchemical transformation paralleled Christ's passion paralleled the myth of the hero and his redemption. The essential message of alchemy is that individual, that the individual rejection of tyranny, voluntary pursuit of the unknown and terrifying predicated upon faith in the ideal may engender an individual transformation. So overwhelming 
that its equivalent can only be found in the most profound of religious myths. The philosopher's stone is the agent of transformation, equivalent to the mythological redemptive hero, able to turn base metals into gold. It is, as such, something more valuable than gold, just as the hero is more valuable than any of his concrete productions. Like they were looking for Christ in matter. They were trying to trying to instanti- instantiate the principles of Christ in a substance. That's what the Philosopher's Stone was. That's exactly what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, isn't that actually what Bitcoin is? Like as a, a quote unquote substance? Well, that's because what pertains so Peterson, kind of truth that can't lie. Peterson boils down Christ to telling the truth and honoring individual sovereignty. And it's like Bitcoin maximizes both of those things. It is the most truthful instrument that's ever existed and it optimizes for individual sovereignty. So this is welcome to the alchemy rabbit hole. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot here. Wizards do wizards do wizard shit, bro. We're all Bitcoin (laughs) wizards here. You know what I mean? Plant Um, your fucking flag in the ground, plant your staff in the ground, dude, and change reality around you. You know what I mean? is uh unless anyone has like the go ahead i was gonna i was just gonna say i I think this is interesting because like the the essay i've been working on for like the last year is looking at uh one of heidegger's last essays on uh the essence of technology it's called the question concerning technology i think it's really interesting because there's this kind of folding of how technology is trying to like unveil its truth where it's always getting captured in itself again and again leading farther and farther away from your truth but bitcoin sort of reabsorbs all of this and represents uh what what my opinion is is kind of like the final conclusion technology and its desire to tell truth that like it it was absolutely demanded that it had to be do- done through this mode of cryptography that told truth in such a dramatic and profound way that it couldn't actualize itself in any other way and i think it's really interesting how much that also relates almost to like the technology of like what the passion of christ would be yeah um you guys all go into 2021 yeah i I had a family thing already scheduled like from last year. Cause we have, we do like these 10 year family reunions. So it happened to fall on the same weekend. Damn. So, I won't be there, but it's good for when the feds show up and arrest you all. I'll now have my <laughs> mission to, to, to hire some black hop helicopters to like bust you guys Save us. out. But just yeah. know, like I'm going to like kick open the door to your guys' jail cell. And I'm going to be like, put your private keys now or else. Die. <laughs> like, God damn it. Like Casey got me. Like, okay. He only gets the he only gets the uh, the duress wallet though he doesn't get the real one. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that, man. I think uh, a lot of people have been co- cooped up for a while and getting down there and mixing it up with everyone. It's going to be a pretty damn good time, I think. Any beefsteak goers here? I'll be there. Unfortunately, nice. I don't get into the third, so I'm going to miss the beefsteak, which sucks. Yeah. I know. But there's a pleb party on the th- on the night of the third, I hear. So I'm going to the pleb party. Oh, where's that going down? I have no fucking idea. But I'm gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, gents, unless there's anything else you wanted to touch on, uh, I know everyone has lives to get back to. So, and we're gonna be seeing each other minus Casein in uh, two-ish weeks. 
So uh, I'll let you all go if you didn't want to reopen another rabbit hole somewhere. Nope. Just a fucking buy Bitcoin, man. Don't don't get caught up on all this shitcoin bullshit. Seriously. Like I've been trying to be so nice to you little new fuckers. I've been trying to be so nice. And I'm like, oh, you know, if you trade shitcoins, flip flip your shit into Bitcoin. No, you are fucking up your whole life. That's what you're doing. All right. There's a long-term accumulation going on here. This game of musical chairs going on. And the music is fucking slowing. And if you're left without a chair, you're going to be part of the permanent underclass they're trying to make you a part of. Do you want to be part of a permanent underclass? Does that sound good? You want to live in a pod and eat bugs? Is that what you want for yourself? Is that what you want for your future? That's what they want for you. Or you could just buy Bitcoin. Seems like a pretty easy option. Like, just do it. Just fucking buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Sick of fucking... Oh. The bull market is so annoying. It's so fucking annoying. Well, it's okay. It's oh, over uh, now. You know, back back to bear market for a few years. I'm so. I think it was Ben Ben Carmen and me posted this meme at the same time. But it's like Robert Baratheon like ruling, and it's like Bitcoiners in a bull market, and then it's like Robert Baratheon trying to win the throne, and it's like Bitcoiners in a bear market, like where you just feel like everyone's against you. You know what I mean? And you just got to fucking like go for it, balls to the wall. In a bull market, so you're just sitting there, and you're like, yeah, all right, I, we're rich, okay, sounds good. <laughs> we keep getting, we keep winning. All right, that's great. Find something Fuck to fight it. about. I hate. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I think um, just to keep reminding ourselves that it's tyranny, frankly, that we're fighting against, you know, like all the, the everything gets buried in financial jargon and people want to talk out of both sides of their mouth, like, you know, our fiat princes like Elon and whatnot. But it's just, it's all about the end of economic tyranny. That's what Bitcoin is. It's just, permanent economic liberty so um i think if you approach it with that frame of mind and frame of heart it's like you'll make the right decisions percent case any last words yeah, buy, buy bitcoin <laughs> buy, buy bitcoin it, it's it's a good idea you'll be proud of yourself for doing it later um yeah and uh, you know or, or continue, continue doing what you're doing. And then you'll think about what I said, and then you'll come back to it later. You know, like it doesn't make a, that much of a difference to me. I'm just trying to, to save you a bit of time. So you should buy some Bitcoin, even if it's just a little bit, you know, just, you don't have to, you don't have to bite the whole thing off. Just, just put a little in, you know, see if you like it a little bit more, you know? So that, that's my advice. I think Friar Haas said it best, but I'm a guy on the internet too. stack sats for salvation. That's the truth of the matter. So mm, stack right. stats for salvation. True. Boys, always a pleasure. Love you all. And uh, talk to you again soon. Much Thanks, love guys. to you guys, too. Love you guys. Peace. Be well. Peace out, gentlemen.
Let's go. Oh,